Coming up on this episode of Bro, Do You Even Talk Pinball? We've got news and updates and everybody's favorite news segment, Topper Talk. Last but not least, we've got a review of Judge Dredd. All that and more coming right up. Double Super Jackpot! And now, the Hall & Oates of Pinball Podcasting, Nick Lane and Kevin Manny of Buffalo Pinball. Whoa, boom shakalaka! Evening. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Good evening. What's going on? Uh, it's Kevin over here and Nick over there. And we're coming at you with some more pinball talk. Uh, Nick, what's going on, man? Not much. Not much. Another uh, pandemic day and another remote day. I, I, I see your games in your background that I've not played at all. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be like a year since I've been over to Kevin's house, which is crazy. Uh, Kevin now doesn't have any hair in his head, and he's got several more pinball machines. I Other do. than that, I guess things are normal. Big changes this year. Big changes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, we're still doing what we're doing. Yeah, things are looking better uh, vaccine-wise. So maybe maybe one of these years we can get together and hang out again, but... Not, I, I'm low on the list of folks who are going to get a vaccine, so it's going to be a while. I, I got to say, I do enjoy, I, I really personally, I, I'm curious about your thoughts. I really enjoy the Saturday morning um, talking pinball because I, I think I told you I'm like, a lot of times we do the podcast after like a full day of work, you know, it's later at night and, and somehow I still manage to um, summon a lot of anger and energy for that, <laughs> but I, I feel fresh now. I've had some coffee on the weekend, so uh, maybe we can maintain this in some capacity when things get back to normal. But I, I, I am looking forward to doing the podcast with you in person because that's kind of always something that I, I thought what was special about our podcast, not doing it remotely. Um, I think our podcast is still good. Uh, you know, I'm a little biased, but uh, I can't wait till we get back to just, just doing that too in, in person. Yeah, I mean, the worst part about not doing it in person is you can't hear all the sound effects when I play them. So. You have no idea what I just played. There's some <laughs> right now you know <laughs> you that's, that's for the magic. listeners at home <laughs> no <laughs> idea what kevin displayed there you go there you go you'll have to oh. listen back and find out all right uh before we get into the uh the meat and potatoes of the show uh why don't we thank some partners i did it last month so you're up this month happy to do so just all get right. it on screen I, I should know this uh by heart all right want a special shout out and, and starting with a special thanks to our premier partner pin stadium pinstadium.com Lighting kits for your pinball machines, work on Jersey Jacks, Stearns, uh, uh, Punny Factories, what have you. Get Pin Stadium. It's a lighting kit that's app controlled. That's the key to it. Uh, there's so many app combinations. You can take a picture of any color on your play field and match it with the lighting scheme. New products coming out all the time. And guess what? When you use coupon code Buffalo, you save 10%. I just got a lighting kit, Kevin, uh, the other day Ooh. for Walking Dead, which is a notoriously dark game mm -hmm. so i'm looking forward to getting that installed when i muster up the courage to do some pinball work which is always a, a frightful thing even though like i've installed pin stadiums myself so that goes to show just how easy it is pin stadium special shout out and thanks to them all right the other partners uh 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 that we love and that have been with us for many years double danger pinball ddpinball.com 
save 15% when you use pinball code Buffalo shirts and swag. The mod couple pinball.com. Go to the mod couple pinball.com for your modding needs. I still got to put the, the crack in that I bought from um, that, but I got the monkey on it and it looks beautiful. I got some, uh, some mod couple pinball mods on my Willy Wonka that I got. Oh, oh sh- teaser. You, That's a pictures teaser. you're going to show. Are you going to show pictures during the stream? No, we'll we'll talk about it. Uh, I don't have any pictures. of Okay. It. I'm I'm curious to see it, okay. but uh, I love their mods. I I love their mods, and what I like about I'm not a huge. I always say I'm not a huge mod person, but when the mod looks like it should have been there from the factory, that's when it's like a no-brainer for me, and that's the level of work that they do. Flipping out pinball, flippingoutpinball.com. You in the market for a pinball machine? Then look no further. Go to flippingoutpinball.com. That's Zach Manning. He'll take care of you. Good guy alert. Uh, he'll take care of you from 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 your purchase to when you open the box and your stern game is broken. He's there to help you out. <laughs> Flipping out pinball.com, pinside.com, pinside.com, pinside.com really truly helped me get into uh, uh, pinball when I started more than 10 years ago now. Uh, there's forums, there's the top 100, there's even, I mean, it goes beyond the top 100. You can review games, read ratings, get pinball tech help, uh, everything, man. It's, it is the source to go to when you're in the hobby and you want to learn more. That's uh, pinside.com. Jersey Jack Pinball. Kevin and I are, are shills for this company. We love Jersey Jack Pinball. Uh, they make the most beautiful machines on the planet. They're crushing it right now with their Guns N' Roses. Uh, people are just blown away with the light show and the gameplay of that. Uh, they have also Willy Wonka, Pirates of the Caribbean, Wizard of Oz, and The Hobbit. Jersey Jack Pinball, we love them. And dialed in. Pinball.edu, pinballraffle.org. Go there for a chance to uh, support a... A charity doing good work by getting kids with autism to play pinball in, a, in an effort to help them out. And then you all can also win a, buy a raffle ticket that will allow you to uh, perhaps win a, a stern pinball machine for the month. Not too bad. Community Beerworks, communitybeerworks.com, local brewery in Buffalo, delicious beer. Hillcycle.com, Dan Burfield, huge fans of Dan Burfield. He is a good guy, and I love his artwork. I just did a, um, I just did a game room video. I should mention that in the updates. We could talk about that a little bit later, but I, I did a game room video. Um, that's on uh, YouTube, and I, I always showcase and show off Dan Burfield's art piece that I have hanging up. Kevin's got his art. Um, we'll do custom, upcycled artwork. Reach out to Dan Burfield. Love him. Great work. Cometpinball.com, our friend Ryan, Ryan Wanger. Um, if you need LEDs for your pinball machine, look no further than to go to Cometpinball.com. He'll take care of you. Throws candy in with the orders. He's got some fantastic shirts. Pinballmix.com. You want to make a custom soundtrack in your pinball machine, look no further than pinballmix.com. You can also save 10% and get a free Easter egg when using coupon code BUFFALO. And last but not least, Titan Pinball. Titanpinball.com for your silicone rings. This got my ring kit for uh, Bad Girls I still need to put on. Maybe I'll do that within uh, 2021 sometime. Uh, but uh, we love Titan Pinball. Also snag a mat. Everybody should have a Titan Pinball mat. No excuses there. Congrats to them. All right. Kevin, over to you. My, my stream's messing up. Are we still live? Yeah, we're still live, but barely. We're hanging in there. <laughs> Christ. All right. Go the, work the important part the is the audio will come through. And Are the pipes and tubes clogged? I think there? so. They're a little jammed up on Saturday morning, I think. Okay. All right. We'll get the repairman out to unclog them. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's get into some pinball news. Here's the tip. It's That's the latest pinball news. So hot. What's going on? It's on fire. Oh, man. It's uh, time for uh, the pinball brothers. We haven't talked about this, so... You remember Alien Pinball? Uh, that's a that's a pinball machine that came out what like I don't know four years ago. I want to say three or four years uh, ago. Seems like ages ago. We we played it. Yeah, we, we had it. one on location at a place we 
not talk about, but they uh, we played it, and I actually played a few games before it broke on me. Yeah, I played it there, and we also went to James's house and played it. He had one for a while. Remember that? Okay, I, I missed that stream. So you had a better experience than I did with I, Alien. Well, Pokemon. yeah. I mean, <laughs> it still had issues, but... <laughs> he got rid of his, too. Yeah, I mean, he kind of rightly... When, yeah. when the company went high... So, if you don't know the backstory on Alien, so Highway Pinball was this company out of England. Uh, they were coming out of the gate. They made uh, Full Throttle was their first machine. Yeah. And then they came out with this Alien pin, which for a lot of folks is a dream theme. Uh, it's It's got some cool uh, some cool mechs, TM. I think that's a thing we can trademark now. Um, like the uh, tongue that comes out from the xenomorph and eats the ball and it never worked had, yeah exactly the screen in the play field which is now gone spoiler alert um Ooh. uh but they came out they made a few and then they went under um andrew highway you know took off and he's making boats now or something i don't know what the hell he's doing Hy hydrofoils i don't know but um so he they, they went under pinball Brothers is the company that bought them out. I don't know the ins, ins and outs of all this, but uh, my understanding is that's how it went. Bottom line is now, a couple years later, they're going to be re-releasing this machine. Um, it's one that I felt was was fun. It's fun. It's got a an interesting, unusual layout. It's a wide body, uh, but it's got some different shots, different kind of layout. And but the biggest concern, and I, we actually reviewed this game, and when we reviewed it, we did not give it favorable reviews, mostly because it's broken all the time, or it was broken all the time. We uh, couldn't really, we we couldn't really even review it, right? Because we just could, we tried to review and play, it, but it just it just was like basically non-functional, right? Um, I got ahead a little correctly. bit, but you know, we got through it when we streamed the uh, the game at James's house. Mm -hmm. I we you know we played for two hours. I think it it mostly played good. Um, the uh, there's weird. If you watch the stream, it's on our YouTube channel. There's a the lights down by the flippers would like freak out the whole time. So it's like light board issues, and there was something with the left out lane not registering right. So it's got like those um, the magnetic like sensing ball switches. So there's not physical switches on like the out lanes or anything like that. It's got the ball rolls over the that area of the play field and it knows that it um the ball rolled over it so i think that was having some problems um but what do you think so your thoughts on you know a new version of alien from a new company we can talk about the the difference there are some differences sure. in the game um uh the main differences so one of the big innovations from uh, highway was that they put a screen right in the play field which i always thought was pretty cool because you got heads up information and on Alien, it was pretty cool because you, it was like the, the motion tracker, like from the movie. So it was very well integrated theme wise. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's going to be a big negative overall. But apparently there were issues with having the screen under there too, where they were falling out and stuff. So Jesus, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that just needed some better engineering because you know my yeah. my screen on my P3 doesn't fall out, so <laughs> you yeah. can do it. So what do you think overall, Alien coming back out? Well, you know, I had limited time on the game, but I, when I did play it, I was really impressed with the presentation. You know, David Theo worked on on the music. Uh, it, it was the, the presentation was well done from from my experience. I never really got a good sense of the rules, and I felt that the game played a little clunky. It kind of shots never felt like where I would think they would go. It just it, it didn't have a good feel off the bat. Now that can be overcome during time. So again, I don't have enough time on it to really 
give a reliable view on how it shoots. I, I don't know, man. I It's like Highway knocked it out by making a, a good theme, a good theme choice. Uh, that's a theme that I, I think choice that people want. The game always looks nice, right? Like the, the build quality just from a quick look at it, the art and, and what's on there looked good. Um, I'd worry about reliability, right? I'd, I'd worry about reliability. And I didn't realize, Kevin, that they took some, some things out of the game too. So I, I don't know. I would, here's the deal. I would never give money to this company because I just don't trust it, right? It's just, it's a lot of money to throw at uh, a pinball company trying to resurrect a flawed product, right? You're, you're taking a huge risk. And I think, unfortunately, the people who are susceptible to losing out on this are people who this is like a dream theme for them. And then emotion takes over and overrides kind of logic here. And they just, they, they sort of, want an alien pinball machine and they want this to work and they'll disregard maybe some warning flags and uh they, they could be buying problems i no, i i don't know I, i'm just speculating at this point um i, I don't know man i I'm, I'm very skeptical of of things like this i really hope that they they can resurrect it and i hope they can fix problems and i hope the machine uh, um kills it and everybody who who really wants an alien pinball machine this is their chance to get it so i, I i'm rooting for them i'm rooting for this but Personally, I wouldn't touch it with a ten-foot pole. Yeah, it's you know it goes back to our old adage of buy buy pinball machines that exist. Once once they've got these in boxes and you've played it, and you know let, let somebody else be the the guinea pig, the people that yeah. are like dying to get it, and you know it's it's always a problem with new manufacturers scaling up, building stuff reliably, getting it out on time. You know we've seen people wait years to get machines like with uh, Lebowski, and they're still not caught up. So. Um, I don't know, you know, I know nothing about Pinball Brothers. They could be amazing and just start cranking out machines. But over the years, we've seen, you know, learn the lessons of of other pinball manufacturers past where um, take your time, don't rush into it, uh, you know, grab one down the line once once they've been cranking them out for a while. Um, One thing I didn't mention was the price. So the standard version is $77.77. So $7,777 for some reason. And then the limited version is 500 units at $99.99, so $10,000. So it's it's in the ballpark of other games. I think from what I remember playing of it, it seems it feels like a premium level game from Stern, if you want to put it in the ballpark of a game as far as mechanics and, and rules and things like that. Um, so I don't think these prices are totally out of line. Um, but again, it's the, it comes down to is, is this game going to be reliable and are they going to make it <laughs> and not just take your money and run? Yeah. I think it'd be a lot better if, like you said, like Chicago coin and gaming, right. That's, that's their name. If like, mm-hmm. if they were the ones who bought this and they said they're releasing it, then it's like, okay, well, they have a proven track record with uh, medieval madness and, and monster bash. But I also think it's not just like replicating a game. It's also fixing things in a game, fixing some inherent flaws in this game. So there's there's that added step. So again, uh, a, a new pinball company trying to resurrect a flawed game. Those are two warning signs. So you heard it here. Buffalo Pinball just says exercise extreme caution on, on this. Yeah, I think they uh, they implemented some like uh, design changes too. I think there's a way to better feed the upper flipper so you can hit those upper shots better. There may have a they may have put yeah. a magnet in there or something. I'm just, you know, speculating. Yeah. But I, I seem to recall seeing something like that in chat. If you if you guys know better, you can correct me. But 
Um, so they did like take into account some of the um, some of the issues, the the playfield design issues with the original, and refine that. So that's cool. Like I, I'm excited because again, it was a fun game. Theme integration was really cool. Um, they definitely integrated the movie assets and the feel of the feel of the movies into this game. So if it's something you want and it ends up being a great game, I hope you really enjoy it. And um, I don't know that I'll be buying one, but I I will happily play somebody else's. How about that? That's my that's my endorsement of Alien. <laughs> okay um next up okay i had to throw this in there because uh you know him you love him from past episodes of brody even pinball uh david fix from pinball expo and of what games did he play with us uh whirlwind whirlwind doctor who di- dialed in dialed in oh he did doctor who too because we had the doctor play doctor yeah and um Centaur 2, when we played he, it, he was there for that. Oh, wow. He was, on, he was also on, uh, we had him on the podcast in person. Remember? He came over to your house. We talked about Expo. I do, don't even remember that. Him and I sat right next to you, Dave Kevin. Fix was in my house, and I don't remember it. I, I, well, that's your loss. <laughs> we have to roll it back and watch that episode. All right. So. He's probably been one of our most head-on guests, right? We don't even count Mark Nagy anymore because he's practically a bro. Exactly, yeah. Um, so why, why are we talking about Dave Fix? He joined... American Pinball is Director of Operations and Marketing. So I know you talked to him a little bit about this. And, you know, uh, do you know if he's going to be moving out there or, you know, what his role is going to be, that sort of thing? Well, not, I mean, I don't think he, he, he knows if he's going to be leaving the area per se. It's certainly not during COVID, right? right. And, 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 and in this environment, you can do a lot of things remotely. So hopefully he stays a, a, as an asset in Buffalo so we can have him on the, the bro show and stuff and, and live and in person. Um, other than what he's doing, maybe other than what the press release. So I don't, I don't have too much Intel. I asked him, Kevin asked me to, to message him this morning and to see if he had any news on, uh, any American pinball news that we can ask him. And he said, they've got somebody new starting on Monday, or there's going to be an announcement of somebody new joining the team. And it's not Dennis. They're, the person's going to be working with Dennis Nordman. So that, that's all I got right now. We'll have him on. We'll have him on though, for sure. When, uh, I've already talked to him about being on the bro show. So when we get back to doing the bro show, he'll be one of the first guests. Nice. <laughs> he's got to, he's got to get us like a hot wheels or something to play. Right. He probably has a ton of stories since he's oh, last geez, been on. I, I can know. only imagine. We might have to have like a four hour bro show. <laughs> uh, so the other news from American pinball, which you mentioned was uh, Dennis Norman uh, joined as their senior game designer. So I think that's huge for them. Uh, sure. Joe Balser has been their designer on the first three games and they've been, eh, you know, Joe Joe is hit or miss in my book as far as playfield layouts, mm. and Dennis Norman tends to design more flowy games, mm-hmm. uh, which I think will resonate more with uh, a, a wider swath of players. So I think less risky right. to do a flow game, right. less interesting in my opinion, mm-hmm. but a safer bet. Right, and that's right. what you need when you're a new pinball company. You got to go with the safe bets, and then you can get a little riskier. I think. Agreed, and you and it's also good to have him on because <laughs> I heard some somewhere Dave said uh, that Joe Balser had an interesting way of working with people. I think I read, read that on Twip uh, this week in pinball. Um, oh, Dave was interviewed on that. Yeah, it was like a recap of a podcast he did an interview on. I see. And he said something like that. Um, okay, I've heard about Joe Balser having an interesting work method too. Yes, me too. From we can't not, really talk about not only from Dave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, that's a recurring theme throughout. Um, joe's but joe got him off the ground he, he designed their first three games and uh he, now he's not there anymore very similar to the story that he had at jjp so you designed weird. designed a couple games and then he's out so weird <laughs> you, huh. you draw your own conclusions but it's private it is it is very private it's super private 
so there you go. Uh, new stuff coming from American Pitbull. I, I think having having uh, Dennis on board to work with uh, newer designers because they did say they were going to bring some younger folks in or newer designers uh, to work with uh, Dennis on making new games. So it's not going to be all Dennis all the time. So that's good. All right. Uh, from the multimorphic front, uh, let's take you over here and we'll go. To, oop, that's not it. Over here. Um, they launched a new uh, mini game for the P3 called Shoot and Scoot, which I got wrong. Shoot and Scoot. Shoot, Scoot and Boogie. Yeah, I got. You can't I, resist saying Shoot, Scoot and Boogie. <laughs> I kept calling it Scoot and Shoot, but you can really <laughs> Scoot and Shoot or Shoot and Scoot in whatever order you prefer. That's the beauty of it, right? When you play the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this is uh, an add on mini game for any P3 uh, play field. So no matter what module you have in the back of your game, you can play this on it. Um, and it's it's cool because you so this is a screenshot of the play field and you have either like this is the dungeon level where you're uh, a knight in an armor running through the the level but there's cars where you drive through the jungle or the city and you can you're trying to collect coins and you collect coins by shooting the shots around the play field so you say you need to move all the way to the right to grab a coin you shoot like either the far right orbit or a stand-up target on that side of the play field will move your character on the screen over there so you can collect it um this is like if you want to practice your flipper control skills and your sharpshooting skills uh this is a great way to do that i believe it's 150 dollars on the on the app store for multimorphic which in pinball terms that's like that's a drop in the bucket you know <laughs> that's like a, a tenth of a stern topper yeah you can you can you can uh you can buy some i don't know like a a, a, a action figure for your play field or you can get a whole new game you know yeah <laughs> so pretty good um pretty cool it's fun uh i did a stream on it when it came out so there's a, a stream a couple weeks ago with i did i put the cosmic kart racing play field in and i played cosmic kart um ranger in the ruins uh, this one scoot and shoot uh rocks and barnyard so five different games all on one play field is pretty cool pretty fun as a streamer to be able to swap between games like that all in one night and keep things fresh and interesting. So uh, highly recommend checking that out from Multimorphic. Um, also, there's one other thing here. Um, so if you're looking to get a Multimorphic game, if you're if you're in the, uh, in the market for a new pinball machine and uh, you're looking for something soon, uh, Multimorphic ha is down to about a four-week lead time on games. I know some of the other folks are, are further back in the queues. You got to wait a longer time to get your game. So if you're looking for a, a current game that's in production, uh, multimorphic, you can grab one uh, in about a month, so that's not too bad. That's nice. Sounds like they're doing well then. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to but, see the the progress that they're having, and I think um, Heist. I can't say enough cool things about Heist. They had a, a code update for that, which added a new. So they they did a lot of score balancing, but they also added a new incentive in. So when you run a Heist and uh, you or when you do one of the character modes at the end, there's a, a scoop that pops up, and if you if you hit that, it collects a, a thing called a MacGuffin. It's a little, like, token you can get. Uh, and if you collect that now, it, it adds to your bonus through the extent of the game. So think of it like bats and rats on Bram Stoker's Dracula. So ideally, you want to grab as many of those before as you can early in the game, and you can really uh, boost your score. So it's cool to see some more scoring strategy being built into the game like that, too. Well, I, th I think it's cool of you that you invested in one um, because we do we do have a platform to really showcase games and uh you know a, a, a thing like p3 a lot of people won't get the chance to experience and i think it's something that you have got to experience in person so i'm um, good on you for doing that and, and doing a lot of streaming and sharing it so we've got a lot of content 
on our, on our YouTube channel that I, I encourage people listening to this podcast to check it out. I can't wait to play it. Um, I know you speak highly of it. So I, I, I really admire what Jerry's doing with the P3 and just kind of taking pinball to the next level. Um, it, 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 it's awesome. So yeah, good on you, Kev. Good job. Yeah, it is. You're doing, you're doing it, the Lord's work. It's great for us too. Cause like we get to show new stuff all the time and I don't have to keep hauling games in and out all the time. So it's, it's great for great for both of us. I think, um, a bookie just got his GNRLE nice. <laughs> and Chris is trolling about Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> Chris. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's talk about JJP a little bit. Um, so they've been cranking out. Oh, so here's the. Oh, this is one other thing from, from Multimorphic before we move on. Um, so they introduced new slingshot oh, yeah. and side target artwork. So if you want to customize your pinball, the lower part of your pinball machine a little bit more, they do this a lot. Let nice. you pick and choose ways to customize the game. So you can swap out the art on the side. It's magnetic. You can um, change the apron art when you change your games in there. Now you can change art that goes along the sides, above the side targets, and the slingshots. So I have this on order. I'm getting it for Heist and Cosmic Heart. Looks really cool. I think it'll be a, a nice way to kind of customize your your game a little bit more. Each kit is 40 bucks. So 10 bucks of plastic, that's pretty reasonable in my book, especially again, in pinball terms, you're talking, uh, you're talking good value there. A uh, nice way to kind of mod your machine and spruce it up and make it look good. And it's all this cool, uh, hand-drawn art that they've been doing lately. So it looks really nice. So that's, that's multimorphic. All right. On to, um, the Jersey Jack pinball update. They're shipping out Guns N' Roses CE, the collector's edition. So if you've been waiting, if you're a day one buyer of a GNR CE, congratulations, they're starting to hit your homes. Uh, and it's looking amazing. I, I've seen some pictures of ones. Um, I was watching a stream of one yesterday. Looks really cool. Uh, it's got the cool like art in the play field with the, the sparkle on it, like the Wizard of Oz Yellow Brick Road Edition. Side blades, it's got the coma lock and the apron. Um, what else? It's signed by the band members. Uh, not just oh, by wow. the designers. Yeah, so all the band members signed it. Um, I mean, and it's got the Appetite for Destruction theme. So if you're a Guns N' Roses super fan, this is the one you want. This is uh, this is it. Or if you're just a, a fan of really awesome-looking pinball machines, it looks cool. Um, so that's that. Uh, is also, that, Kev, can I yeah. ask you? Is that your, uh, since you've got, you know, all the JJP games other than Wizard of Oz. Yes. What's your top two... What's your first favorite and second favorite? Man, it's game? such a it's such a hard question because they're all so different, right? Um, um, well, it probably well, changes over time. Yeah, but I, what I'm playing most right now is uh, Guns N' Roses and Waka, right? If you can only, all right, let's play this game. If you can only have one, all right, all right. Somebody, you you have to for whatever reason you can only have one right now. What would it be? I mean, it'd be pirates because. I can get the other ones eventually down. That's a bullshit. No, no, no. That's like, I'm going to, all right, we got to play this thought experiment. You can only have one. You can't get the other ones back ever. You're just stuck with one for the rest of your life. What do you, what do you pick? Um, I guess pirates, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Nick Sartoon is yelling at you. He's got all caps. He's got the Goran keyboard problem. Yeah. People love asking these hypothetical questions. It's fun though. It's fun. I like, I'm one of those people that like, like asking that I do that with Martha about things and she gets upset. So there's never like people always come and chat and they're like, 
oh, what's your favorite one? And I'm like, well, I could like them all. Well, that's not fair. You got to pick one. I was like, no, I don't. I could just play them all because I have them all. <laughs> no. All right. Well, I appreciate you humoring me and, yeah. and, and picking one. So thank I mean, you. I mean, I, I haven't been playing pirates though, so it's hard. You know. Do you well, understand. I mean, you played the shit out of pirates. Right. So I'm playing for several games. years now. Yeah. 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 Which makes sense, but I would I wouldn't give her rid of that one. So, Gorn's yeah. keyboard problem. Gorn's keyboard. His his keyboard stuck in caps all the time. Weird. Um. Oh, and happy birthday, Eric Minier. It's his birthday today. So happy there birthday to him. Uh, thank you for making amazing games. We love them. Uh. Okay. Stern update. <laughs> I picked a great Stern update for everybody. They are increasing the price of Batman 66 and Elvira House of Horrors by $500 each. Interesting. Which is weird. Do they say why? I mean, like, I guess normally when there's a price increase, they don't say why, but... The news release was pretty sparse from what I remember. Let me look it up. That's, that's a weird thing. Uh, Elvira... And just those games too. I mean, those games already have. There's already a premium price on those games, which is which is odd, right? Like they're already like these these. I, I don't know if they have a special ter- these term for these kind of games, but they're not. They're standard pricing for games. You're already paying a premium for the these. All right, I have the official message from Cern here. Would you like to Would you like to hear it? Uh, I guess I'll <laughs> use your judgment. Price increase, Batman. It's short. So Batman sixty six and Elvira order now for these limited runs at the new Stern prices. So these are. Not games they have uh, in hand. They are new runs of the games. Oh, so maybe maybe it's an incentive to maybe because they're trying to they, they're using some of the line to do a new run and like to buy parts. I I maybe, guess that would yeah. make sense, right? Like they'd probably have to charge a premium because it's probably such a small run of them. Yeah. So here's what they say: Since we began production of Batman sixty six in twenty sixteen and Elvira in twenty nineteen, material and labor costs have increased. Cost increases yeah. affect these models more than our cornerstone games because of the smaller volume purchases and shorter production. Called runs. it. There which do go. not result in production efficiencies. Our manufacturing costs are further increased by the complexity of these games. Uh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, honestly, I like, I like that they put that out there. Mm-hmm. Like, just give us, you don't have to give us a reason, but I think it helps give a reason to, and, and like, that's what I, that was my guess. It makes sense. I think, um, especially with the pandemic, there's a real struggle and challenge to get parts for production of anything. Yeah. Well, um, so two two things. I don't think these games are necessarily more complicated to build than say. No, but it's a Jurassic shorter Park. run. They're 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 shorter run of them. So you make less of something, your profit margin is going to go down. Yeah. Um, Pixel Picker makes a good point that I forgot about too. Is like people had uh, orders in at the old price, and then they increased the price on them after they had their orders in, which is not cool. Well, Berg Bookie said uh, Chinese tariffs, so tariffs went up too. I saw people talking about like the new video cards came out that were like seven hundred dollars now they're one one thousand. Oh really? I don't know anything about that. Yeah. So yeah, that's also yeah that's that's a problem too. There's there's a number of things going on. The other thing too is Skip had a Batman uh, premium, and he had to sell it for less than he bought it for. Like nobody wanted it. So interest. That's interesting. I don't. I wonder if the demand's there for Batman. It might be there for Elvira, but I guess they'll find out. I don't know if they're doing like pre order runs on this or what, but. Yeah, well, the uh, as as Chrome Candy pointed out, you might. Have, I, I'm sorry if I missed you saying this because I was reading the chat. Um, people who had already ordered at the old old price, they weren't locked in. They had a, they were people went back and told them you still got to pay five hundred dollars more, which mm-hmm. is pretty, which is messed up. Yeah, I mean they should have honored the price. Like if you ordered it at the old price before CERN changed it, you still didn't get your game. You don't jack it up then. Like that that that's it. So that's that would leave a bad taste in my mouth. Imagine you ordered that game. <laughs> And you locked in the price, 
And then your distributor had to call you say, actually, it's f- the Stern just changed the price to $500 more. Fuck that shit. <laughs> I'd be like, cancel Seriously, my Seriously, though, like, yeah. what kind of extortion is that? That's that's BS. Yeah. So, oh, you really want it, huh? Oh, here, it's, $500 it's when, That's when they do stuff like Stern. Stern's, like, notorious for just, like, making what I would say decisions that upset their customers. Like, they should have honored if locked in. You change the price, then going forward, that's the new price. That's fine. That's understandable. Whatever. You do what you want. But, like, that's it's, it's too bad. Who Who doesn't get upset when that happens? Yeah. <laughs> oh you ordered uh, an xbox oh now it's 250 more sorry sorry we didn't we didn't plan out the production well um yeah so dos reboot says he had a quote that got uh impre- in- increased on elvira house of horrors this sucks yeah well you know who would take your money dos boot uh jersey jack <laughs> jersey jack won't screw you over like that <laughs> call them get a better game if you're going to be paying those premium prices for uh, a viral house of horrors or Batman, you might as well just get a Jersey Jack game. There you go. Uh, all right. So Scorbit, let's talk a little bit about Scorbit. Um, Nick was asking me about it the other day. He's like, what is this? What do you know about it? I was like, we could talk about it on the show. So here we are. We're going to talk about Scorbit. Thank uh, you, Kevin. Let me, let me pull up their, their website. Cause they have, there's a lot going on. I want to get to like the pricing, but um, yeah, the prices ba- seem crazy. Yeah. For, basically for it's, it um, so it started out as a way to capture scores on older pinball machines, particularly for streams and tournaments. So mm-hmm. I could see this being super valuable. Say say you're running a tournament, right? And scorekeepers have to run with their um, iPads and put your, put your score in manually. There's room for error there. Um, if the machines could read the score and report it when they're done automatically and enter it as your score, that'd be great, right? Uh, it removes that level of of human error and and automates things a little bit more for the tournament directors so awesome um also if you're running a tournament stream and you want you know you've got cameras all over the place and you want to capture just the score you can do that and integrate right into the the stream very cool stuff so i can see it being great in those instances but they're also pitching it for home use which i don't see as um i don't know i don't it hasn't so it's in my it's in Guns N' Roses. So they they've evolved over time, and now that like games like Guns N' Roses ship with internet connectivity built in, it's they've added it right into the software here. There's no additional hardware. It was a free upgrade for Guns N' Roses users, um, and so I connect downloaded the app, connected it. You can like add your add your location and your machine, and then you can log your score, which I'm like, okay, cool. Like I already have Pindigo that I can do that on without having to buy a $300 piece of hardware and a $5 monthly fee if if it's not a game like GNR that it's built into. Um, I don't see the benefit of it for the home user. They're, they're talking about ways you can inter- integrate it for streams where you can put the score on your screen or show like what uh, modes are qualified and things like that. I'm like, that's all information that is already being captured on the back box display or the, the back smaller right. screen on JJP. So like... I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see, I don't see the benefit, especially for the cost, right? Like I'm not going to spend another right $300 plus have a monthly fee ongoing as long as I want to use this to Damn. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. I was looking at the pricing and I saw the pricing I was like, "Whoa." I, I, like initially it's like, "Oh, this could potentially be cool." Then I looked at the pricing and then I looked at the monthly fee. I was just like, "Yeah, I see no practicality because they even have like features for like operators but it's just it's just not worth it, man. I don't, I don't see a use case in, in any of my scenarios. Yeah, so from your perspective as an operator, 
would it be beneficial to you to be able to see this reporting remotely uh, that this provides uh, versus just like checking on your machines once a month or something like that? Well, I'll break it. I'll answer this question in two parts. Is that a cool functionality? Sure, right? But then you got to add in the cost associated to get that functionality, and it's just not necessary. So, if the the cost was like nominal, then I'd say, yeah, great. Let's let's see that. Does that really change the business or help me that much that I need to pay that and I get a return on my investment? I don't think so whatsoever. Yeah. So yeah, because I mean, the profit margins are so low in, in, in operating, like, like you know, it's it's crazy that just don't want to spend it that money as an operator. Like, yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. Sense. Like, you've, you're barely making money running pinball machines, anyways. It's yeah. hard to justify additional costs on the on top of that. Correct. I mean, Goran, the cool idea, yeah. cool. I give them credit, like for the, the ingenuity and what they're able to pull off, especially in the older games. Like, tons of credit. I like what they're doing, but. When I think of the, the cost benefit, it doesn't make sense in my mind, from my perspective. Yeah, so the price for one Scorbitron, that's the hardware, uh, plus it's $299.99, so $300 plus $4 a month or 40 bucks a year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the cost goes down a little bit the more you go if you buy in quantity. So if you buy two to ten games, it's $269 uh, plus $7 a year or $7 a month, uh, $70 a year, just under that. And it goes, so the cheapest you can get it. If you buy for 26 plus games, it's $200 per unit plus $20 a month. So um, I could see like Carl doing this at Indisc, for example. Sure. Or sure. Uh, if Papa were still around and they wanted to do that and like uh, take take Pinberg production to the next level. But as we learned, they were barely making money or lo- losing money as it was. So even the biggest events out there are going to find it hard to justify buying units like this and also... Uh, paying a monthly fee on it yeah yeah speaking of speaking of which like, like i said we've, when we talked about pember last time we need somebody who is uh in this hobby is into tournaments um to to step in and and do a business around it do uh, really create like a business around tournaments on the com- uh, country and have one big uh like pemberg style tournament but charge charge what's appropriate to to make a profit on it and continue and pay people because I've always said about Pinberg, you know, it's like, you know, $100 to, to get into Pinberg and then 100 replay. $200 is nothing for the experience that you get at Pinberg, you know, and $200 is nothing for people in this hobby because people in this hobby have money. Um, and do that, that experience is worth easily $500. Yeah, for, for sure. For me, people, people would pay that, especially when you have the demand. Yeah, yeah, it would knock some people out. And there's some people I would never pay $500 for that, but there's more than enough people to do it and, and keep it going. So. Waiting for, waiting for that person to show themselves. I'm not a, a millionaire who, if I listen, if I had all the money and I didn't have to work, I would, I would do that. I would find a way to, uh, to, to, to make a business out of that. Yeah. So just some comment, um, comments in chat, you know, Goran saying it's free for free. It's nice. GNR doesn't cost you anything. Not even monthly fee. Agreed. Mentioned that a few times already, but are I, you using Scorbit on your GNR, but you had to pay a monthly fee, right? No, I don't. Oh, you don't. So, but okay. here, I downloaded it. I installed the app. I set up my game, and I've never touched it since. I see absolutely. I've had no no reason to. I've seen. I've no compel, compelling reason to to connect this or hook it up or report my scores on there. I I just don't see the the need. Well, it's also bullshit because your game plays different than everybody else's game, right? right? Like, if you get a score of I don't know how it's scoring on 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 Guns N' Roses, but you get a score of five million. Somebody gets to score on ten million on their machine. That's that's me, absolutely meaningless to me. Mm-hmm. It means nothing. Every machine 
plays different. They can have different settings. They could whatever. It's just nonsense. Yeah, you get to have your game set to ten ball, and your outlines closed, and like you never know. Or even if it's the same, the pitch could be different, mm-hmm. right? It could just be a slow game, like whatever. Yeah, you could change the uh, the posts. Yeah, the game. Even if the software is so sophisticated on on Scorebit or whatever that it knows when you change to five ball or something, it doesn't know when you move a post around and and make it easier. It doesn't know that stuff. Yeah. So, anyways, there you go. So it's there. Use it if you want. I don't see the, I don't, I don't see the the use case behind it. But again, like. If you if that would make more sense on a location, if we're all going to the same spot playing the same machine and we want to compare scores on there, but again, there's leaderboards built into the games already. I can I can compare scores with people at that location on the machine. Um, you know, it's been there for years. So yeah, I want to get the grand champ on the game if I want to be number one. I don't necessarily want to have it in the app. Chris the pincer and says uh, Nashville going to be a huge hub for pinball in the future market. Okay, I'll mark it. Listen, somebody, somebody here's an entrepreneur. Somebody come up to Buffalo. There's so many old warehouses in space that you can live up cheaply and do do it here. I mean, you know, we're just, we're just saying, come to Buffalo. We're looking good. Kevin will sell you the ads on uh, on, on Buffalo Living. That's right. Make it here. <laughs> I don't you, have know, it's also good for it. Canadians to cross the border. So there you go. If you want to get beat down by Canadians in pinball tournaments, come on up. Come on That's up right. to, to Buffalo. That's right. When, when the border <laughs> opens again, you, you can experience that for yourself. Uh, okay. So uh, last thing in news and updates, uh, David Thiel posted a very interesting thing on Facebook before the end of the year, right around the holidays. He says, February will mark a 15th anniversary for my con- consultancy. Uh, it has been a while since a machine was being manufactured that has audio by DDT. 2021 promises to be different. Without going into details, there will be four pins that I've provided the audio package for from four different pinball manufacturers. Stay, stay safe, don't overeat, and keep playing pinball. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of speculate and figure out which four games will be from David Thiel. So um, my guess, uh, well, one is going to be Raza, if that actually gets released, because he did the sound on that. Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland from uh, Deep Root Pinball. He did the sound on Alien. So if that's getting rerun, that'll be two. What are the other two? I have no idea. <laughs> Did he so um, uh, Spooky and uh, Chicago he, Gaming are making one together? I don't know if he did, he's done any work with Chicago Gaming before. Going to do any more? Is he done with JJP or is he essentially doing work with them? Maybe he's doing. Maybe he's going back to JJP. He did do sound on Lexi Lightspeed for multi. So everyone's saying everyone's saying that the next JJP will be Toy Story. I mean, they've been saying this for four years now, right? Maybe that, like Lawler and Toy Story, is is the rumor. So maybe he did, maybe he did it on that because, especially if that game was in production or being made for so long, then uh, that's a possibility. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know, if they're tightening up their timelines at, at Jersey Jack, if they want to start cranking out more games, they're going to need more, like more people to serve on different teams. So I know they've had uh, Vikas working on. He did um, Guns N' Roses and Waka. So if they're going to speed that up, they're probably going to need another sound person so maybe they'll start doing um contracting some of that out to folks like david thiel uh but i i think multimorphic is a good possibility too you know they have a history relation uh of a working relationship and uh so i'd love to see him come back and do something with them as well so maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part for the next multimorphic game but hopefully yeah Uh, oh we love david thiel um i I love his work audio is incredibly important for me in a, in a pinball machine something I, I i can easily recognize when it's well done like pirates is fantastic and uh if, if you guys are listening to this podcast and you didn't listen to our 
it's a three hour interview, I think, with David Thiel. And he went through like his career on games. Uh, you know, people have told us that that was just an, a really good podcast and they really enjoyed it. So I highly recommend going back and listening to that. Um, you know, break it in chunks if you need to, but uh, he was a great guest to have on and really interesting stuff from him. Yeah, he told some great stories that uh, yeah, I think all of our listeners will and viewers will appreciate. <laughs> yeah, he was very he was very um, open, right? And, and it's kind of a refreshing thing. So it's it, it, it's nice, and uh, he's got a lot of energy. So so God bless him. If you've ever wondered why certain sound packages turned out the way they did, yeah, he, exactly. He talked about them, you know, X Men yep. stuff like that. You know, just go back and check it out. Okay. Uh, all right, that's it for news and updates. Let's let's give some game room updates, and I'll kick it off with. Uh, here, I'll, if I switch over here, you can see it kind of over there. It's my brand new Willy Wonka pinball machine. I was able to sell my Jurassic Park because that's a why, game. Why'd you sell that, Kevin? Why'd you uh, sell Jurassic Park? Um, because Stern is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Stern, <laughs> Stern and their dumb end user license agreements and asking permission to get stream to stream, which they've now changed to that we can't give you permission to stream. I'm like... It's just like decision after decision with them. You know, I've just, I'm fed up. And I'm like, I'm not going to promote a product you're currently selling if this is how you're going to shoot. They've, Gary Stern's gone on podcasts and called his customers uh, criminals who make mods and stuff. It's, I'm done. I'm done. I love Jersey Jack. I love Multimorphic. I'll play Bally Williams games. There's plenty of other ways I can spend my time. I still think Jurassic Park is an amazing game. It's a very good game. Um, Keith Elwin's a great designer, but. I'm over it. So you were pissed off. Yeah, I was like, "Get this game out of here." <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to play. Are anymore. you saying you wouldn't buy another Stern? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Really, you're you're done. You're you're done with Stern. Yeah. Period. I, period. I just I don't see like it can make a bad religion pinball machine that's like amazing. Yeah, I'm like I'm over you it. Wouldn't get it. Yeah, probably not. Even if you loved, even if it was like great, like the greatest pinball machine yeah. of all time, you'd hate Stern that much now. Maybe I get it once they stopped selling it. You know wow, what I mean? Wow. Okay. <laughs> you know you, what I mean? Kevin's upset. You think I get upset yeah. about things. Kevin's, Kevin's, this is like Kevin at peak, peak anger. Like I'm not like selling my Tron. Because, you uh, love Jurassic Park too. Yeah, it was a great game. And you were pissed off. Like you went to rage mode and just yeah. like get so much game. that you're like out of here. Yeah. So I'm not selling go, Tron Jack. because they're not, they're not selling it right. It's, they're like, it, it doesn't matter to them if I keep it or sell it. Right. Sure. 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 So. It, it's but yeah, they, yeah, we, we talked about talking about Eula and uh, we sort of, I mean, it's not, there's a lot that's been said about it. We didn't want to make a whole segment, but, you know, this is, Stern does these kind of things that it's like, it's just not, it's, it's the way they convey the, the, the news or the info. Sometimes it just doesn't come out the best way. Like Kevin's in PR, you do communication and PR for a living. And it's not necessarily what Stern is saying in the EULA all. It's just the way it comes out and it comes out in the worst way. And it just upsets a lot of people. Um, they, they they do this time and time again. And you know, look look, Stern is not a huge Fortune 500 company, so they're they're gonna they're gonna make some mistakes. But it, it's just it's just too bad. I I, I think that uh, they do themselves a disservice sometimes because they're just not they're not careful enough of how they communicate them. Right. Uh, you know, how many times have we heard that people have bought games after we've streamed them or you know reviewed them oh, or whatever ton. all the time? Well, so. all the time. I bought like a Walking Dead because of you, Nick. All the time, you mm-hmm. know, because I it's like one of my favorite games of all time. All the time, people tell us that. Yeah. I know that we influence what people purchase, and I and I and I and I think you and I take that very seriously in terms of uh, how we talk about games. 
a certain degree of responsibility because we're, we're here to help people, right? Like right. I want to hype the shit out of games that I think are just amazing and people should either play or have, and then also help people avoid games that are going to disappoint them, even though, you know, we have our, our particular taste. Right. Exactly. So that's, it is what it is. And so let's talk about Wonka a little bit. This is the game. Obviously we went out, did the reveal. It was huge. It was good times. Got to hang out with Pat Lawler and the crew out there. Um, it didn't click with me when we streamed it and like a lot of jersey jack games you need to put time on it and i say i really love the game it's it's amazing it's really well done pat lawler can design a play field that shoots like butter uh the rules are really cool it i will say i don't think it does a great job communicating to the player what you need to do right away um it takes some time to figure it out it's not as apparent as something like guns and roses where i have to collect my band members start a song and then, you know, cash out this huge value in this song. Right. Um, that's the, the, the structure of the game is much more, uh, easily understood in guns and roses. Uh, Wonka, once you play it, you start to figure out what's in there. And then I went to, and I'm going to put this on YouTube. Um, skip Natty played actually the game that I now own the week before I got it and did a rules explanation. And then, so once you play the game a little bit and you kind of understand the things that are in there, and then once somebody kind of talks you through the rules, it's like, all right, now it starts to make sense. Here's where the points are. Here's how to kind of put it all together and see the the more interesting stuff deeper in the game. But what's cool, it just kind of lays a bunch of stuff on the table that you can go out and do in whatever order you want, which I think is great for a home game. It reminds me of uh, more like Pirates in that way, where you can, you know, there's all these different ways you can approach it. But in the end, there's big goals you want to go for at the end, so. Who did the uh, rules on that? Uh, I think Joe Katz was the lead. Joe um, Katz, okay. So yeah, he's he's done a lot of great stuff with them, and and I love his his uh, his video game sensibilities coming into to pinball because he's a big yeah. video game player too. So um, that's uh, that's my my first impressions on Wonka. I'm still in the honeymoon phase. Obviously, I've only had it for like two weeks almost. Yeah, I think it was two weeks two weeks today. Um, but I'm loving it. It's, you know, when I come out to play, it's the game I'm playing right now. So, uh, go Wonka. Chrome Candy, Chrome Candy's asking when Goran's uh, topper bit is coming up. It's coming at the end. You got to stick around to the end. <laughs> we, we know what the people want. We got to keep you hanging out for the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Um, that's Wonka. I did, uh, I'm here. Here's a little topper talk for everybody at home. And it's because I modded the topper on my Adams family. With a new mod from uh, Evan Bookbinder, friend of the show. Uh, oh, yeah. He did uh, Adam's Family Topper mod, and you can get it either in blue and purple. I went in purple because I wanted to go all out and really perp it up. Um, and it adds some like cool lighting effects to make the, the dome glow. I don't think the adjective is perp it up. Perp it up. I don't think it means what you, what you think <laughs> it means. That's what, that's what, that's what you do. Um, and some high-intensity uh, high uh, flashers for the back box topper, so when you start the multi-ball, it goes crazy. Um, and now with my new topper streaming rig that I set up the other day, I'll, I'll stream Adam's family with the topper cam one of these days. So you guys can check it out. It's pretty cool. You can, I don't think he's got a website set up right now, but, um, you can check out, um, Evan on Facebook. That's how I connected with him to get the mod. Um, if you're interested, it's cool. Highly recommended if you want to bling out your Adams a little bit. And the other thing I did was, so you can see big buck hunter behind me. I turned it on one day and it wasn't working. So Aww. that was sad. Um, so I had to do some troubleshooting on it. I, it's got a standard VGA connection on it. So I brought a monitor down, hooked it up, wasn't getting any signal. Uh, it's got a standard Dell PC in it. So I pulled it out, 
reseeded all the RAM and the hard drive connections because when I got it, I upgraded some of that stuff. Plugged it back in and it booted up, which was good. Um, and then, but I was getting some file system errors, so I had to reinstall the the software from scratch. But thankfully, wow. Big Buck is up and running. I can shoot virtual deer again in the pandemic. It's all good. So yeah, but let me ask you this: yeah. um, How do you feel about Big Buck Hunter after owning it for a while? Is it is it is it lost kind of its kind of um, appeal, or is it was a, a novelty that's passed, or is it like something that's good to have in someone's game room? Yeah, I don't like. I don't play my stand up video games a lot out here, but I like having that one as a gun game i think it's got mm. more longevity than something like the uh area 51 that i had yeah because you can just like all right i'll i'll try to blast through and beat my scores from last time versus just like credit feeding it to try to get to the end of the game okay. so i like it from that perspective i also submitted it for um there's this thing called nintendo on on twitch well uh, where uh the, this uh, streamer called goatee puts together a marathon and he wants to see weird games so hmm. I submitted Big Buck Hunter as a game that I could play on stream for that. So hopefully, hopefully we we'll do some Big Buck Hunter for the masses on there. Um, it'd be really cool. So uh, still a fun game. Really, really have fun with it. But yeah, I don't play it all the time. But when I, every time I play it, it's fun. It's 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 more fun with somebody as a player too, doing a little competitive action too. Yeah, Chrome Candy says uh, BBH HD with the online features a lot of fun. Some of us on Pinslider competing with each other in a weekly tournament. Oh, that sounds that. cool. Yeah, that sounds cool. I think that's there's another like they may have ongoing fees for that though too. It's more, more yeah, nonsense, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which I don't know that I'd pay for. Well, it's not designed for the home. You know what I mean? Like right. that's you're using it to a point where it doesn't make sense. Right. So uh, that's my game room updates. Nick has some game room updates too. All right. Well, first of all, I'm really pumped because I got my Pirates of the Caribbean fixed. There was an up post kicker problem. And not that that was the most complicated thing. It's just that I can't raise my playfields up to work on it, so I can't really even see what's going on. That playfield's really heavy. So uh, Eric Minier was in my lunchtime. Oh, I should mention, too, uh, that info. So uh, I'm doing Fridays at noon on our on our channel. I've made it uh, a thing. Because I've, I've been doing kind of a lunchtime pinball streaming here and there, and I've officially dedicated myself to doing it on Fridays, at least during the pandemic. I think even when we go back to work, I, um, we're going to be able to work some days from home, and I'm going to request Fridays and try to keep that going because I, I like doing a solo stream then. Anyways, Eric, who is the designer of, of Pirates, Jersey Jack, was in the stream, and I was talking to him about it. And it was, and he's like, I'll help you out with this. So after the stream, he, he walked me through. It was really simple. Martha and I were able to tackle it. And I, I'm so, I've not played that game for, since the summer when I did the battle with Eric. Um, cause I, I just can't bring myself to play a game that has an issue with it. Cause they sort of like, if I have a great game, like it invalidates that score because it's not working. Right. It's like, you know, there's an asterisk in my mind and I'm like a purist. So I, I love pirates. You guys know that I'm sorry when I'm, I'm obnoxious every time I say how awesome that game is. Um, I really hope they rerun that game because so many people, I, I, I think, um, know how awesome it is. It's one of those things that you, you know, Kevin, how sometimes things are released and they come out and, they're not valued as much as they, they should. Like a movie comes out or, or whatever, and it might be ahead of its time in some ways. It's so different or it's so progressive that not everybody realizes how amazing it is until years later. I, I feel like that's how Pirates is. Yeah. And I really hope they release it again um, because I think it will do well. Anyways, really happy to have that back up and running. So um, that's, that's one update. And I, I told Kevin, and I think I've been talking on my stream, I my, my basement's full. I have the challenge of getting games in the basement, walking downstairs. 
I always said when I moved into a house, I didn't want a basement, but you know, I moved in with Martha, I don't know, what, six years ago now. Just it is what it is. So my pinball acquisition has kind of come to a halt because I don't want to sell games. It, it just it's just really complicated. So my dream is to build like uh, you know, Kevin's kind of an inspiration here. He built a, a garage shed game room, and that's exactly what I want to do. So I, I'm saving my pennies, right? So hopefully in three to five years I can I can build one, which means I'm not going to be buying a lot of pinball machines. I, I I could get new pinball machines. I just have to sell one, right? So if an amazing game came out, I would something would go on the chopping block and I would get it. But I I don't want to be in that position because I like all my games. I just want to acquire more of them. Martha's you know a collector as well. So um, that's my goal, man, to build a um, a shed garage where I can just get games in easily, with, without the hassle. I can increase my collection, get more classics and stuff, and get back into the acquisition phase of pinball. Um, so that excites me right now. I'm, I, I really want to make that happen. Don't know how soon it will happen, but uh, when it does, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll document kind of the, the building of it and the plans and stuff that will be kind of a feature on our YouTube. And I also did, uh, Kevin did an awesome game room video uh, back in the fall. And um, it was an update to videos that we did four years ago. So in January, 2017, I did a game room video because I know people are really interested to see our, our collections and it always does really well on our channel. And look, I don't, I don't have the best game room video out there collection. You know, um, there's some truly amazing collection and spaces out there, uh, but I'm happy to kind of share where I'm at and what I did. And it's kind of like a nice moment in time capture for me in my um, history of collecting games. So I did an update to my 20, January, 2017 video. You can see it on YouTube. I, I, I kind of do the same walkthrough. You can see some changes. Um, it's like 14 minutes, so it's not long. And you know, it'd be fun to do that for four years from now again. And uh, hopefully I've got that exterior and, and stuff like that. And it just grows over time. So, so, so check that out. Check that out if you want to see an update. Check out Kevin's too. It's, uh, it's, Kevin's was really well done too. Um, and then last but not least, I've been playing a lot of VR. A lot of VR hype. So in the, I've got a, a, another podcast, a VR gaming podcast. And I have a Discord for that. And Goran has been the Pied Piper in getting other people in pinball to um, come over to that Discord and to get headsets. I think a lot of people got a Oculus Quest 2, which is only $299, and you don't need a PC. And it's a very, very good VR system, like entry VR system. Um, so we've got, like, in, in this Discord, there's a lot of people who are content creators in pinball happen to be in there. And if you want to invite, just message me at uh, buffalopinball at gmail.com or vrgamingpodcast at gmail.com, and I'll, I'll send you a Discord link uh, to get in there. But we've been having a lot of fun playing, of all things, like VR mini golf and VR poker. I've been streaming. You can see some streams of that. We've been doing mini golf tournaments every two weeks. We'll do one next week. If you want in on that, you can join us. There are these casual free tournaments. Um, you can go see videos of that on my channel, uh, twitch.tv, VR underscore gaming underscore podcast. Really simple to find, right? Uh, so, so check that out. Kev, yeah, do you think you'd uh, we can ever convince you to get uh, Oculus Quest for two ninety nine, and you can join us? Ah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What's the, what was? I, I'm really curious. It's a serious question. What's the hesitation? Because here's the thing to know about Kevin. Kevin, like you, you like buy like every video game system. Like you yep. are yep. total gamer. Like you, it comes out. You buy. You had mm -hmm. a PSVR. You mm -hmm. bought it like the day you had VR before I did. Yep. So what what's the hesitation there? Well, now that I've had it, I either don't find myself playing it much or when i do i get sick or i get a headache and i just don't 
feel like it's something I want to do. So um, right. I know you've said the more you play, the the more you get over that. But I, I've played it a significant amount, and it still happens to me. So um, here's here's my pitch and what I would say. Um, that's that's a legit good reason. So you're playing techno- VR technology from 2016, and that's like when all the headsets first came out that were kind of commercial VR that sort of was was good right was was playable and like what i really respect about the playstation is that they came out with vr and they had a headset from the get-go or xbox didn't they let me down there um things have come technology is developing really rapidly things have come a long way to like the quest 2 i think the quest 2 is a way easier experience you can play it anywhere you don't need to have cords and cables attached the um, controllers are way better and there's Plenty of games that shouldn't give you motion sickness because you don't need to kind of do that movement. And that's what's giving you that motion sickness. So uh, potential motion sickness. So I think you'd have a, I, I think it'd be a better experience. Here's, here's what I would say to you. Ready? Here we go. Here's, here's the, the kind of like the, here it is. This is to Kevin <laughs> and everybody else on the fence. Order a quest two from Amazon. Okay. Grab a couple games. I can make some recommendations on games that you'll be blown away. Like super hot. It's a fantastic game. If you're just getting to VR, Space Pirate Trailer is fantastic. Walkabout Mini Golf, things like that. Don't like it, get sick or whatever. You got 30 days to send it back. You can't, you can't and get your money back. You can't lose. <laughs> Even Oculus games that you buy, you can play them for two hours and then return them within that two-hour window and get your money back, no questions asked. So if you don't like a game or it's garbage or it makes you sick, you turn it back. There's nothing to lose. Nothing to lose proposition. There you go. The only thing, as somebody pointed out with the Oculus Quest 2, there's a catch. You got to be on Facebook. Okay. Have to have your Facebook account linked to, but yeah, I mean, most most people are on Facebook, so you can live with that. My, the the other reason is I have a, a a PlayStation Five that I'm playing all the time. We play Call of Duty every night, so my gaming time yeah. is pretty pretty full right now. Uh, I also have the we got the Series X for Christmas, so uh, I've got enough to keep me busy. <laughs> so I'm not lacking for stuff to do. But maybe maybe someday down the no line I'll I'll get the buggy again, but. I'm not feeling very compelled to to jump on and, and get another headset right now. I've 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 either this is admirable or embarrassing. I've put in six hundred dollars, six hundred hours into Hunt Showdown <laughs> since August, uh, and that's a PC non VR game. But I like switching it up and putting on the VR headset because there's not there's no game that I can play multiplayer, and especially during the pandemic and connecting with people is important. There's nothing that gives you the experience of being able to like use motion controls and and see other people in the game and and have more of a presence with them but there you go i did my pitch thank you, you kevin <laughs> kevin always humored me he knows it's coming uh i just want to play games with my with my friend in in vr because i think you'll like it yeah um well, martha's you... believe it or not is getting an oculus quest on tuesday we're gonna go pick it up from oh Best Buy. can you stream that please martha yeah yeah VR. i've been uh, I, i've been i've been streaming so she'll play uh mini golf of us and she'll play uh, poker. Those have been like the huge hits, believe it or not, in uh, in VR. I-, I want the room cam of Martha like running into the walls and stuff, though. Yeah, <laughs> I-, I probably won't have the the room cam of that necessarily. Um, and yeah, I but, remember yeah. playing that cat game at my house on the PSVR and like crawling around on the floor and stuff. It's pretty good. Yeah, there you go. All right, so that's my game room updates. I actually had a couple things. Look at you! You fixed something too. I'm very proud of you, Nick. Martha helped me. <laughs> good job, Martha. Yeah, I know she's watching. She's like, she's like she doesn't watch, but she's she's lurking because anytime Mar- Martha threw up in VR. What? <laughs> well, when I first had it like three years ago, she was doing. Uh, here's here's some good Martha story. I think I told her before because she said she'll love that. Um, <laughs> she she was doing um, Google Earth VR is really cool. By the way, if you if no one if if you haven't done that, because like you know how like 
Google Earth, you can go anywhere and see like they've mapped out all of this stuff. Um, you can even like fly over like your neighborhood. It's it's awesome. So some people get motion sick in VR and you can overcome it over time. But the trick is as soon as you start feeling a little queasy, you need to immediately get out, right? Like you need to immediately get out and you'll be fine. Uh, Martha's like, oh, I don't feel too great. I was like, get out, get out. But she didn't. She was having such a good time in there. She spent another five or 10 minutes and then puked. So there you go. Let, let, learn from Martha. There's your sales pitch for VR kids. <laughs> All right. We have, I don't remember the last time we did a review. It may have been Jurassic Park or Mustang may have been the last one we did, but it's been a while. Um, yeah. So let's play the uh, review intro here, and then we'll get into the, our review of Judge Dredd from Bally. Show time. It is Judge Dredd uh, from Bally, released in 1993, designed by John Trudeau, uh, Total Jerk, uh, art by Kevin O'Connor, uh, software by Jeff Johnson, sound by Paul Heisch and Vince Ponderelli, and I didn't realize this until I looked it up, uh, call us by Tim Kitzero. Uh, so, uh, we've wait, I got him. Where's where's my sound effects? Uh, 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 here we go. Kaboom! There you go. There's Tim Kitzero um pricing on this game so uh nick and i talked about bang for the buck games to um uh feature on this segment so we picked judge dread doctor who or fishtails for our channel subscribers to pick and uh, judge dread won out by one vote when i checked this morning so that was the, oh, wow. the winner um so when i bought this game back in 2013 i paid 1600 dollars for it uh, nowadays, according to Pinside pricing, is two thousand six hundred eighty to three thousand one hundred twenty dollars. So, That's how much I bought it for in twenty eleven? Uh, My third game ever. Eleven hundred dollars. Twelve hundred. Very close. Twelve hundred. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's the other thing. Nick and I have both owned this game, so we can speak very, very uh, from firsthand experience on this game, which is cool. Yeah. Um, I actually owned this game twice. I had sold it, and then another one came up for a very good deal, but like a year later, and I got it for fifteen hundred dollars. So it was an even nicer one that I got for less. <laughs> so, uh, but I ended up trading that towards my Adams family, which I still have uh, today. So, um, this is Doctor er, uh, Judge Dread. Let's get into the uh, the cabinet art. So RLM. Well, I just want to address one thing. RLM in, in chat says newsflash: there are no bang for your buck games anymore. The pandemic has taking prices to crazy land. Well, I I, I disagree. I, I, I disagree about. Can we talk about that for a sec? What? Go ahead. Go off the rails. <laughs> well, hi, hijacking the interview. I still see it's paying for a buck. First of all, what I paid in 2011, I mean, you got to factor in inflation, and there's just more demand for pinball machines. So all games have gone up, right? And and these games, and, and like I bought it in 2011. I had it for a few months, and I sold it, I think, for 1500 So if you buy it today you should, and you pay the right price, you're still going to get your money back. Um, it's still, a, it's still, a, I would still say this is a pretty good bang for your buck game. So we can move on. I wanted to keep that short. Unless yeah. you want to add to that. I mean, the, uh, the relative value of everything has gone up, but they hold their value too. Right. So and time passes, there's time value of money, inflation, all that stuff. So, uh, everything factored in, you still get a lot of game for 2021 pricing on these games, even at like $3,000 for a dread. 
there's a max and, and uh, gameplay in there uh, that you're going to get a lot out of, even though it may not be on the same level as a, as a brand new Cern or JJ, JJP game. Uh, all right, so let's get back into the, the picture. So the categories we're going to cover are art, sound, toys, display, and lighting, gameplay, rules, and last ability like we always do. So let's kick it off with art. Um, like I said, art by uh, Kevin O'Connor. I think the art is very well done. So if you think of yep. 90s and you think Judge Dredd, you might be thinking the Stephen uh, Sylvester Stallone movie, yeah. but it's not based on that. It's based on the comics, which is always go with the yeah. comic version. <laughs> Don't yeah. go with the movie version. And they did it right. The art is really well done. It's, what's funny is I see like alternative art packages for this game, and I'm like, why? Because the art I, is really yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, it's cool, but I, I would not replace the art on this. Unless, uh, as you can see in this picture that I have up, the, the cabinet does tend to fade. So if the cabinet fades and you want to upgrade, because that's supposed to be red or orangey letters on the front of the game, and um, yeah. the red and orange fades out as, as a lot of these 90s Bally Williams games did. So, uh, But the style and the, the execution of the art is very well done. We can look at it on the play field here, too. Again, very cool, awesome uh, comic art throughout this game. Uh, I think it's great. I do too. Really good art. I mean, you can't help but think of maybe Demo Man because it also falls in the kind of price range when it came out, and also Sylvester Stallone. And, and Demo Man was based on that that movie. Um, Demo Man does not have great art. It's very basic. It's like Terminator Two esque the way they approach this art. But the art on this is fantastic. And I believe when this game was released, the flyer or the game came with like a comic book too. Yeah, the the, the promo flyer of it is yeah. a, is comic. It's a fold out comic book spread, which is cool. Yeah, I don't love the the side art of the cabinet. It's a little plain. It's Judge Dredd on his his motorcycle, but the playfield art and you know the the backlash slash translate, um, really good. Yeah, I think I have an up close here of the the translate. Well, it's not a low quality, not a very high quality one, but there it is. Yeah, um, someone said, uh, uh, "Hot Shower Boy" said the the new newer Judge Dredd movie is good and much more loyal to the original comic style. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. by the way. If you're not seen the new Judge Dredd movie, which new is now you know 2012 one of my favorite movies of all time super super well done all right i'm, I'm a, i apologize for showing the topper already and getting everybody excited but we'll get to that <laughs> later bye everybody uh, i think Gorn's you know who i'm bothered. talking about yeah uh so sound um we have a uh, sound by paul heich vince ponarelli it's by tim kitzrow i think the the sound is very well done on this game it's got uh -huh, kind of a, uh -huh. uh, a metal uh, hard rock kind of uh, vibe to it which you would want in a game like this uh I can still hear that and all the little sound effects are very well really done. Really good. Call really outs good. are really good. Um, you know, I think of the, the the five years for flashlights and all that stuff that yeah. are in the game. Yeah. And the you know, the at the end of the game with the the granny with the the shotgun. Um I don't know, there's just so many cool, fun it's even though it's like a serious ish theme, it's still fun and funny. Um I don't know. I music sound is great to me what do you think i i think it's fantastic especially when you look in the time period that was made right you got to judge it within within that um really well done really good music like kevin said i can hear it in, in my head it's just really like wailing 90s like <laughs> you know like we we always make we always kind of imitate the music when we're playing and we, uh, we love it yeah. um the good humor there's multiple like announcers in the game like a, 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 multiple like voices what what is Tim Kitzrell doing? It do you know? I don't know. Hey, there are voices? some. I didn't realize he was in there. I didn't either. There is a female uh, voiceover artist in here too, and she didn't get the call. Yeah, on, she. Uh, I forgot she plays um 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 
I forgot what the, the character is called. But She's the got a funny also name the, that I can't remember. Yeah, the character is also <laughs> in the newer Judge Dredd movie, so it's it's part of I, don't, I never read the comics. I don't know too much about Judge Dredd lore, but yeah, she's in it. Yeah, so great, great sound. Um, toys, everybody's favorite category in the YouTube comments is uh, to talk about the toys. So let's talk about toys in Judge Dredd. It's got some cool ones. You want some toys. This is a game with toys. It's got the crane uh, on the, the far left there. You can see it in the back that feeds balls uh from the dead world which is the big spinning planet uh we should note that there are two versions of the dead world um a lot of times people will talk about the dead world mod on this game which takes the a standard version which only it doesn't hold the balls it just um it will stage one for the final one that you lock uh, but the original design was that you would feed the balls up the left ramp they would divert onto this dead world planet and they would spin around and hover. So really cool. I I, I put it on my game right before I, I the timing was bad, man. I put the mod on right before I sold it, so I never really got to enjoy it that much. But it's a cool mod. Yeah, there's there's an up close version. This has the mod version on. So the mod version has holes to hold the balls. The um the final version has sl kind of slots there where the ball will fall out. So yeah, the interesting thing is like it was this was the the mod version what was supposed to be originally in the game, and it got cut I think for reliability issues. Um, but you don't have to do it once you install the mod, you don't have to change the software at all. Cause it's still in this, it's baked into the software to work that way. Yeah. I think you need the 1.0 software. So it's, if you have later software, it's not in there. Um, okay. So yeah. I didn't have to change it. Just, it just worked. I just installed the mod and, and it wasn't, I don't think it was too hard yeah. to put the mod in. Um, but it's very, very common to see this, especially with collectors. They'll, they'll put this in. Um, but I think, you know, there was potential issues for hangups on location that they they did yeah. away with that for so uh but in a home home collection definitely i would recommend adding the dead world mod it's cool cool as heck um it does slow the game down a little bit uh because when you don't have the mod in it does virtual locks for one and two yep and then it will take ball three and divert it over and then feed it to the crane um but uh other you know when you have it in then it feeds ball one it goes onto the dead world it locks it and then you go back into play um so very cool awesome toys i think that is basically the extent of the toys you've got other features in it like the sniper tower which is an up kicker on the right yeah. side uh that feeds i don't remember does that feed one ramp or two i can't remember i can't remember either Kev. it's been a while i think just one yeah okay yeah there's there's a lot of wire forms on this um yeah it feeds that one upper um wire form that feeds to the left i believe and the other I'm trying to remember how everything feeds but yeah so um but the dead world is your main toy very cool um up there with with some of the better toys in pinball i would say especially with the mod you need the mod I, I would say the toy is sort of unremarkable without the mod though like i was surprised to hear you say like it's got a lot of toys or if you love toys or it's one of the better toys because it, it's sort of okay without the mod it's nothing special but when then you put the mod in that's when it shines yeah i guess that's what i'm thinking of that combined with the crane that takes them off there it's it's a pretty cool combo of of interactivity with a, a physical ball lock that that's the kind of it's the kind of like wow moments you look yes. for in a pinball toy right it, like it's doing highly something recommend cool. the mod highly recommend the mod it, I, I think there's there's some um futzing around getting like the optos to align i think that's the hard part of, with it like and it can go out of alignment but you got it in a home environment then it's great i wouldn't put the mod in and then put it out on location i think you're just gonna you're asking for trouble yeah i agree 
Um, display and lighting. Why don't you kick it off for display and lighting? Uh, I, I can ease. I, I, I'm better at talking about display. I think the DMD is really good. I think uh, um, there's good humor in this game in, in terms of what the DMD does. The lighting, I don't remember too much about it. So I, I think it's going to be on par with um, you know, a Bally Williams game from, what, 1993, right? It, it is exactly what you would expect from that era. Um, but the DMD is, is, is well done, I think. Yeah, the, the DMD, and especially this is one of the ones when I think about a color DMD, I think you know this game just really shines when you put the color in there because it brings that comic um, hand-drawn style of the dots and really brings it to life. I remember we, when we streamed it at John's house, he had the color DMD in there and it just looked amazing uh, compared to the yeah. orange <laughs> grossness that I was so used to. Actually, you know what I would say, Kevin, about the lighting? Now that I think about this and remember, I mean, this is going, God, back, you know, like 10, 10 years ago years when ago, I owned yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a really dark game, actually. And the lighting, this is a game where um, you're going to want to put good, like, LEDs in it. It's just, it's too dark. Yeah. And you might want to add spotlights to it. I think um, this might be a no-brainer for um, needing, like, a pin stadium kit. Yeah. It's just way too dark with stock lighting, especially incandescence. And I don't even think, I, I don't even think um, LEDs alone, because there's just areas where they probably should have had lights and they don't so it's a really dark game i say the lighting is poor on this because of that you're gonna have to mod it and make it better yeah i agree i remember so when i owned it it was pre-pin stadium time and i had gotten uh like a light strip to go under the back box to light up the back half of the game because that's where it gets really dark because there's just there's so many mechs that are all stacked up and that even if there are lights in the back and there are a few that it can only light up so much of that so um anything you can do spotlights pin stadiums um led strips trough lighting stuff like that to really make it pop yeah, yeah. that's where you're going to spend a lot of time so yep. you're going to get this game if you get it stock you should definitely invest some time into uh doing some odds on it mm-hmm. those are the ones you want to focus start with lighting first then do the dead world the other lighting moment i remember is it's got the the blue and red flashers on the ramps when you get it oh yeah that's mode. good that's, yeah that's yeah really yeah cool. oh that's a cool mode but i know we haven't gotten to rules yet but there's uh, a there's a lot of modes in this game, and I like the modes. The modes are cool. Um, it shows off the DMD. It shows off the humor. But that mode, before you forget, um, you got to, like, it shows, like, a car kind of moving, a car chase moving back and forth, and you're shooting missiles at it. And you shoot a missile, like, if you can time the ramp when the car is, like, on, like, the, the right side, it will shoot a missile and hit the car. That's what you're trying to do. So that's, like, a, for 1993, that is an inventive mode. I think the game was, is kind of well thought out in terms of, like, the integration um, the, the humor, I, I, I really like it. I really like how they did that. Yeah, and so it does have some cool uh, light show moments in it, even if you don't necessarily have the best uh, lights in it. Those those pop even with regular uh, incandescent flashers, so very cool. Um, so that leads us into gameplay. Why don't you take us into gameplay, Nick? So the, the shots, this is a wide-body game, and the shots are pretty good. Like the the shot layout it, it, it is good in there. There there's some it's a there's some flow for sure. It's a flowy game. Um, my biggest problem with this game is this is the era where you know Bally Williams doing wide bodies. It seems like that's what they were releasing for a couple of years. Um, and I always thought that this game didn't need to be a wide body. It it made the wide body made it feel more clunky. Even though even though it's like a, a flow type of game. It's, it's not as smooth as it can and should be. I think that it, it, there's no justification on that game where it needed to be a wide body. If this was a standard body game, I think it would have been much better. 
I think it would have been a faster game. And while I like the, the gameplay, I think it, it's good. That's that's certainly not necessarily a weak point. It would have been so much better if it was a standard body game. Yeah. So I don't. You wouldn't be able to cram as much in as you did with uh, a wide body. Uh, the the amount of space the wide body gives you. Like you've got that huge planet in there. You've got a bunch of shots from. There's like the upper flipper. If you've played Willy Wonka, it's got a similar uh, layout for the upper flipper that feeds a few shots up at the top. Um, and there's all these wireforms going all over the place. So I think there would have been some sacrifice moving this down to a standard body game. But uh, Bally Williams was so like hot on super pins at this point that maybe it was Wonka's a, Wonka's a standard body game. It it's is. got a lot going on, but it doesn't it doesn't have like that massive planet in it. You know, well, that, yeah, I mean, the planet didn't my, my thing is the planet takes up a lot of real estate that dominates the wide body game but you can do the planet without making it that big yeah you could you could scale that down i agree i like, think i think i think you get i think you would get better gameplay and like maybe at the cost of a smaller planet but you'd still have that in there yeah and you'd have to do maybe like three drop targets in the middle instead of five um, maybe because you, yeah, you don't want to sacrifice the the shots because the shots like feel good and they're like it's i don't I wouldn't want it to turn into a houdini where you know you're sacrificing yeah well, houdini feels like it should be a wide body with how tight those shots are right um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you got a point for sure. I I really wish it's like you can, like in an ideal like hypothetical world you can see what this game looked like as a standard body versus wide body, and I put money on it being better. But I, I don't I don't know for sure. Yeah, because there's a lot of there is a lot of open real estate here in the middle that is just like okay, why do we need all that? But then there's a lot in the back and yeah. around the side. So uh, curious, curious. To, it would be interesting to see how that plays. Somebody make it in virtual pinball real quick, and we'll we'll check we'll check it out uh rules so the rules are i think the one like downside of this game well you mentioned it's got a bunch of cool modes and i agree it's uh so if you look at let me see if i've got a um so if you look at the the links in the chain that go across the the play field all those are different modes and if you've never played this game before you can select which mode you have lit by um so on the side of the cabinet right here you can see it's got standard flipper buttons and also the the bigger like diamond shaped buttons um you can uh, the right button the diamond shaped button on the side will let you select which mode you want and i re i typically started with blackout it was like a two ball multi-ball yeah and uh, so you can get right into a, a two ball multi-ball and you want to hit the upper flipper ramp shot from that to cash out points on there but it's a good way to kind of get a feel for the game start get some some points on the board um the modes are good in variety from a game of this era but once you get through to the the like wizard mode it's like the wizard mode is a little lacking i think mm -hmm. um it's just kind of it kind of is what it is and uh it's not particularly difficult to get to either so i think that mm -hmm. holds it back because you can kind of plow through the modes pretty quick and then get to the ultimate challenge and then all right i've seen it i've done it um that's kind of all there is even with all this cool these cool uh physical elements on the game it, this i think this would be a great candidate for an update in rules mm -hmm. that's i agree 100 percent with what kevin said even when i was you know a year year and a half into pinball right so I, i've made a lot of progress i've had i've played a ton more machines i've gotten better as a player um this game only lasted in my collection of like a couple games for maybe three to six months at the most i mean it just it didn't it didn't last i was able to get to the end and you know, it fell flat. I think for at the time for for you know, 1993, there's some inventive 
rules and, and there's a lot of modes, but uh, it doesn't have the last ability factor because after you spend enough time with it, you're going to get to the end and it's going to be a little stale. I think this is a game that, you know, as maybe, maybe it will come back to my collection as I'm kind of acquiring games again. I have a really large collection. It'd be cool to have in there and, and, and fun, but it's just, it, it just doesn't hold up, especially now, you know, in, in 2021 where games and rules and expectations on last ability are, are just much higher than when you released a game in 1993 for you know, on location just to make money. Agreed. I mean, you, looking at it from a mechanical standpoint, it would be like a $15,000 Stern Super LE in, in 2021 terms. But from a rules perspective, that's really it's really where it falls behind. And that's what the games of today really um, differentiate themselves with is that next level of rule, especially for a home player. This is still a perfectly fine location game, and I love playing it. You know, if we go out and there's one in an arcade, I'll gladly play it anytime because I have fun yeah. with it. But, um, yeah, if given unlimited space, absolutely, it'd be one I have. It's a great-looking game, great playing game. But, um, you know, we all have constraints in space and in money, and something's got to go. And so that was a game when, when I was looking through and I was going, eh, I guess I'm kind of done with this game. I forgot you even owned one, Kevin, to be honest. Yeah, twice. <laughs> Oh wow! I, Jesus Christ! It's, I, I, that's how forgettable that is. Yeah, it doesn't. It typically doesn't last long in collections because of that. That's not to say it's a bad game, but you just you know we frame this from collectors and in, in the home and all that. What we didn't talk about in the rules is super game. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So that's that is a, a cool feature that adds another level of playability to it. So in the arcade, you could put extra credits in the machine and play super game, which. Uh, presents with you a, a different set of rules where you start off in this crazy multi-ball and i'm trying to i think you have to tr hit the all the drop targets i can't remember the specifics of the mode but it's it's like a, a multi-ball frenzy mode basically where you you start off with all these jackpots and and crazy multi-balls and then you once you get down to one one ball i think you start back into regular play right yeah it's it's cool right it's like it's it's i would call it a novelty but it's nice and it's fun to have in there and maybe newer players will like that or you have people over it's kind of instant satisfaction of multi-ball and, and just just another nice little touch and layer in there again for 1993 there's there's a lot of respect in terms of what they packed into this game yeah this would still be a game that i would definitely uh recommend to a new player and this kind of gets us into the yeah. last ability of the of the game that's our last category um Still, I would still, if you're just getting into pinball, you want a lot of game, you don't necessarily want to buy a, a six to $15,000 new pinball machine, grab a, grab a Judge Dredd. You're going to have a, a great time with it. It's going to teach you a lot about, you know, how to play modes and wizard modes and things like that. Um, you're going to have fun shooting it. Uh, the art, it's going to look great in your game room. Um, the sound and, and music and call outs are really good, but when you're looking to buy a new game, it's probably going to be one that you end up moving on. Um, so, Nick, why don't we get into uh, our scores for the game? Let me see if I can pull up our website. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been so long. I'm glad we're doing a review oh, again. I like to get this out there. And again, Kevin and I wanted to review this game. Um, we wanted to review kind of games that first time buyers of pinball machines might be looking at based on the availability and pricing. So, hopefully, this is has been helpful there. All right, Kevin, you got the – where are we? Pinball Adventures. Holy yeah, shit, what's I up? had uh, Punny Factory up there for some reason. We were, oh, why not? <laughs> we were looking at it. All right, so if you go to buffalopinball.com slash podcast, you can see our ratings of past games uh, and also our score key. 
which nice. is uh, from zero to two is burn it. Three to five is an expensive nightlight. Six to eight is a solid game. Nine to ten is get your wallets out. Do you want to start or should I start? Um, I'll, I'll go. Okay. Well, who usually goes first? Because I say, and then we, we have this weird order where <laughs> we try to mix it up. Yeah, I can go first because I, I feel like uh, right, go ahead. You you always go first, and then you say I go a little bit higher than you. To make I've got a I've got a number in my head. Okay, I've got a number in my head, so I'm I'm locked in. I was thinking eight, like solid game eight, but after we got started talking about the rules, I think that's going to knock it down to a seven because um, it does so much so well that for the rules to be um, as kind of easy to plow through as they are, I think that holds it back. And it, it's really the only thing that um, holding it back. So it's definitely in the solid game range. Um, it gets everything right. Even the, the, the modes are fun. It's, there's just not enough there to keep it interesting in your home for a long time so i'm gonna give it a seven um i'm 100 percent with you on that kevin and at the end of the day um last ability is probably the most important category uh when we're talking about doing reviews of pinball machines because again we're talking from the perspective of potentially buying and recommending somebody spend money on a pinball machine and Look, you don't want to buy a pinball machine that you're going to get bored with in a few months. You you can. That's fine. It depends on what you're looking for and how easy it is to move things around. But you just got to recognize where a Judge Dread might play in your collection. New player, might, this might be higher and, and a great recommendation for a new player, especially the pricing. But I'm going to go with seven. It does a lot of things right. A lot of respect for this game. I'm happy I own it. I'm happy I spent time with it. Uh, but it didn't last long. And I'm, you know, I, 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 I doubt I'll ever have one again you know, or what the circumstances are, but uh, a good amount of respect because it does a lot of things right. Agree. Especially, you know, when we owned it, there was there hadn't been this new wave of, you know, we, we're awash in amazing games these days. So uh, a lot of folks were mm-hmm. looking back to the Bally Williams era for the, the great games of the time, especially if you didn't want to spend 10K on a medieval madness, <laughs> which yeah. is what they were going for at the time. So you have to take it in the context of, of where we were at that time and when we bought the game, but I yeah. still think it's a good play, a good game for new players. Uh, still a lot of fun, but um, yeah, the, you're gonna you're gonna find your time with Judge Dread is short, I would guess. Yep. All right, um, so we'll wrap it up. But if you're uh, if you're here for Topper Talk, don't go anywhere. It's coming up. It's it's gonna yeah. Wrap we're gonna up the end show. it on uh, we're gonna end it on Topper Talk, and that's gonna be the show. So this is the this is I think the way we're gonna do Topper Talk. So we're gonna close <laughs> it out, and then Goran's gonna have the the last word. <laughs> As he usually does, in that's, all caps that's and super with, super accurate, Kevin. With, super appropriate with the at symbol all over the place. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, don't forget you can follow us on social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check out our YouTube channel for past shows. Subscribe to the uh, podcast. So, I've had a few folks say, "Hey, did your podcast disappear?" It hasn't disappeared. We had to switch hosts a couple months ago, and in any time you uh, switch podcast hosts, inev- inevitably you're going to lose some folks who are either directly subscribed to your RSS feed or like, I know like I had trouble updating it on a few platforms. So um, check it out. We're on anchor.fm now. If you want to subscribe to us there, or you can find us on um, iTunes and Spotify and a few other places, but they're all at buffalopinball.com slash podcast. Email us at talkpinball at gmail.com. If you got feedback, questions, comments on past shows, uh, anything you, you want to tell us about right there. Um, follow and subscribe to us on Twitch. If you want to support the show, you can uh, do it over there. 
uh, $5 a month to subscribe, or you can use your Amazon Prime account to subscribe at no extra charge. Uh, you can send us some some uh, cash money on PayPal. Nick's got a uh, buffalopinballgmail.com uh, set up on PayPal if you want to support us that way. Or you can review us on your podcast platform of choice. Tell a friend, share the podcast, tell them you enjoy what we do. And uh, that's that's us. Yeah, so I, I want to also uh, um, just a couple thanks to everybody. Um, number one, thanks to all of our subscribers who continue to support us and, and the new ones that came on board. I was looking at our subscriber numbers the other day and, and they're nice. I'll call them healthy. Um, again, there's, there's so much content out there. It's, it's just a hell of a time to be alive with the amount of content and things competing for your attention. And I'm humbled, flattered um, that people come in and our chat and spend time with us and then uh, throw bits our way and, uh, you know, pay their $5 a month plus whatever to support. So, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, this is, this is, we're coming up, Kevin, on our sixth year of doing, um, this podcast. We started in, in February, oh, fifth year. We started in February, 2016. We started our, our stream in January. Uh, I'm sorry. February, 2016 is when we started podcasting. January, 2015 is when we started streaming. So we are hitting anniversaries and, uh, I, I personally continue to love to do this. This is, uh, something I, I look forward to. I love helping people. I love promoting pinball. So um uh, thank you guys for all your support also we were nominated uh, with the twippy award this year which is uh nominations come from people submitting nominations what, what do we get kevin for a podcast uh podcast stream a podcast and, and website <laughs> for, for some reason don't understand how the fuck the website is and not like youtube or something but hey hey listen guys we didn't uh kevin and i we talk about you know things like twippy and whatever new uh um awards thing there is in pinball and, and we don't get bent out of shape about this i think kevin and i approach this we, we do this because one we simply enjoy it you know i i connect with my friend kevin and we talk pinball and we decide to uh turn some cameras on us and share that with the rest of the world and uh we i think we do a show that we're proud of and we think help people so we don't ask we, we never really talk about this and we don't ask we don't solicit we don't buy facebook ads or anything and yet you guys still um submitted and uh, us for these categories so thank you i mean that's I, I i i appreciate that without even trying to drive votes um, um we're on there so i'm glad to to get that feedback um definitely appreciate that yeah shows you guys value what we do and you know that you, we come to mind when when things like that come up it means a lot and uh really appreciate you guys uh doing that for us so without further ado i think it's time to get into topper talk what do you think nick I think so. I think I think we're gonna win all the awards next year because of this segment. Here we're banking on it. All right, Here Gordon, we go. you gotta get us some awards, buddy. All right. Until next time, have a great month. We'll see you on Twitch and uh take it easy. Bye. It's Topper Talk with Gorin right now. Let's all have some fun. This is about plastic on top of your pin. Go and buy one now. There's a topper here and a topper there. Here a topper, there a topper, everywhere a topper. It's critical to the gameplay experience. You must buy one now. It's your monthly fill of toppers right now. Topper Talk with Gorin. Hello and welcome to another episode of Topper Talk with Gorin, the part of the podcast where Kevin and Nick give me about three to five minutes to talk about everything happening in the very active and profitable topper community. Now today we'll be talking about two different toppers, 
um, but both available for the Willy Wonka pinball machine from Jersey Jack Pinball. The first topper that we'll be talking about is the uh, topper that was available for purchase for, for anyone with a Willy Wonka pinball machine, um, and that is the Wonka Tania topper that I have right here. Um, it's a very nice topper. It's not interactive with the game, but it features uh, Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka uh, in front of his boat, uh, the Wonka Tania, with Oompa Loompas rowing the boat, and then the chocolate waterfall in the background. It's an iconic scene from the movie. And although it's not interactive, it is very nice to look at when you're not playing or the game is on. Um, you have uh, these nice LEDs that cycle down, giving a waterfall type effect. It's not a, um, you know, the type of uh, effect that you would see on white water, um, but, but it is a very nice effect. Um, I do wish it was interactive, but that's okay. It's very well built. It's a very thick piece of multi-plastic. I'll, I'll put in some uh, photos. Um, there's a nice metal backing as well. It's just a very well and nice, well-constructed topper. Um, you know, it was not included with the game, but that's okay. Uh, and it was, I believe, 300 bucks, but they've also had it on sale for 250, I believe, around Father's Day time. You really can't beat that. If, it's, if you're looking for something nice to go on top of your pin, I highly recommend uh, this topper for the Willy Wonka pinball machine. Now we're going to head over to the computer and talk about the Willy Wonka Collector's Edition topper that was included with the Collector's Edition version of the game. All right, so we're now at the computer to discuss the Willy Wonka Collector's Edition topper. Um, now, I do not own a Collector's Edition Wonka machine, um, but uh, Buffalo Pinball viewer NS Pinball kindly sent in videos and photos of his machine. So we're going to watch some of that now. So we can see the topper here. All right looking we have uh you know candy in the background then an oompa loompa and then a big wonka bar uh, plastic similar to the le topper there's some dimension to it uh you've got some rgb lighting uh, that is interactive with the game to an extent not that interactive but it'll cycle through different colors during different parts of the game um you do have this unfortunate casting of light on the side of the wall i believe that also occurs on the ceiling as well um let's look at more of uh a close-up here so, so you know here's the subject matter it's all right to look at i like the le topper better in my opinion um the plastic looks very thin a lot cheaper you look at it from the side you get that casting on the wall still the light and it's held together using pinball posts and this sort of feels like uh one of the early toppers that would come out of stern and not so much jjp in my opinion not a bad topper it's included for free although you know you're paying more for the collector's edition uh, but that's just my opinion. Uh, I do have a theory as to what I think happened with this topper. Speculation alert. Speculation alert. Not on good authority. What I think happened, and let me go over to, uh, you know, an early mock-up of uh, the collector's edition version of the game. You can see the topper that I purchased on top of the collector's edition game. And if you all recall, there were some licensing holdups with the collector's edition version of the game. Um, I think it might have had to do with Gene Wilder's imagery and getting approvals from the estate. I think that approval was taking so long, they decided to axe the topper, quickly put in another topper uh, that they could build themselves that didn't you know, include Gene Wilder's imagery. Uh, and then once it did get approved, uh, they ended up selling the stock that they had of the other topper. Just a theory, no confirmation behind it. But hey, overall, I like both of these toppers. 
Um, I do think the CE topper is probably not as good as the other CE toppers. The Pirates one sets the bar high, uh, but hey, can't beat a free topper. All right, well, that concludes this episode of Topper Talk with Gorin. Tune in next month for another episode. And as always, get out there, play some pinball, and buy a topper.